0: Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Amen. I ask that you please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, praise and worship team. Church, I just bless God. I don't know about you, but uh, the spirit of the Lord is here. And one thing I always love and never apologize is, is for worship. Worship is real. The God that we serve is, is real. I pray during this time as we continue to worship and praise our our, our Lord and our Savior that he is the lifter of your head. And it's it's, it's okay to weep and cry before him. Sometimes we get in the military. I'm the south chaplain, right? People cry. Operators cry. We all go through hardship. We all go through pain. We all go through affliction. We all go through suffering. Christ died for us. He knows the things that we go through, and he promises he'll accompany, accompany us and be with us. So, even as we transition to God's Word, let's pray real quick. Father, you are good, and we thank you, Lord God, for your grace and for your mercy that you show up on this day so that we can be reminded of your love for us, Lord God. That we can come broken before you, Lord God. That we know that without you, we can do nothing. Father, you say many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you deliver us out of them all. We thank you that we can experience you as our deliverer, our hope, our salvation. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, and we thank you that you continue to show up in our lives, in our hearts, and here at this chapel. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. I am Chaplain Gibson. Once again, I'm the South Chaplain. Thank you, Chaplain Hundley. Thank you to our pastor, Chaplain Ray, for this opportunity. Thank you for the, the media, the praise and worship team. It is always a blessing and an honor to, to be here before you. Church family, tomorrow, as we as a country, we get to celebrate the life, the legacy of Martin Luther King and the legacy has, he has made, not only in the, in the U.S., but, but globally. Even as there will be marches and some will be virtually to celebrate his legacy, as a church, we celebrate the God who he served. The one who, through the testing of his faith, produced an unshakable character. Church, I mean, this man was arrested 29 times, but he didn't use that as a place of affliction, a place to give up. He used it as a time of reflection. During that time, he wrote the letter to the Birmingham jail, and also he penned one of his favorite sermons, Love Your Enemies. And church, I think during this time in such a polarized environment that a lot of times we can find ourselves on one end or the other. And sometimes some of us, even as as, as Christians, we find ourselves walking on eggshells because we don't want to offend this person. We don't want to offend this side. And Christ always gives us the means to the end, and that is love. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 44, and it reads, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't know about you, church, but love is one of the most difficult things I believe that you can do. I mean, sometimes it is hard just to love your family members. And the Bible says love your enemies? I mean, come on love. I remember, Billy, maybe you can help me out on, on this. I remember during the, the summertime, we were in the pandemic, and um, we live in the same community. Um, it's hard to love a neighbor that plays music loud at night when you're just trying to get some rest. I mean, that that is hard. That's a that's a neighbor. That's not even an enemy. It's hard sometimes. I, I'm not the, the fastest driver. I kind of drive normal speed, speed limit, and it's hard to show love when someone is so close to you. They might as well be in the back seat. I mean, they're that close to you. Church, it is hard to love someone like that. But Christ says, not only don't just love your your neighbor, love your enemy. Like, seriously, Lord? You want me to love my enemy? You want me to love someone who treats me wrong? You want me to love someone that opposes me? You want me to show that type of leadership, that sacrificial love that no matter what someone does to me, I can show the love of Christ. And that's what God is calling each and every single one of you to. The title of my sermon today is, It Starts With You. It starts with you, church, and as hard and how difficult that may be, and I believe that every single one of us has experienced this difficulty. I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever had someone in your life that you could not stand? If that person walked into the room, if that person's name was called, I mean, just inside, you might not show it outside. Some of us, you know, show the facial expression, but inside, you felt a certain kind of way. You just felt a little uneasy. Maybe you have to leave the room. How many of you all have felt that way? Again, no, no, no hands whatsoever. But I believe everybody, every single one of us have had has had that experience in life. And like I said, church, in such a polarizing environment, it is so easy to get offended. It is so easy. To hate, It is so easy to pick up your phone and lo- look at social media and feel that hate, feel that despair, feel that hurt, feel that lack of concern of who you are. But church, God has called us, Christ has called us to love. It starts with you. It starts with me, church. Jesus tells us how to respond counter to our hearts, counter to our culture counter to the world. And he says, plainly, don't just love those who love you, love your enemy. Then he says, then you will be true sons of your father in heaven. There's a story of a guy named George Wishart. He was a martyr in the early years for his faith in Christ. He was to die because he loved Jesus and he would not deny him. So he's taken to the place of his execution and during this whole process, the executioner was prepared to take his life, but he had known of this guy's life and his testimony. He was so burdened with guilt of his role as an executioner that he hesitated in reluctance to take in this guy's life. And the biographer says at the point where he hesitated, Wiseheart looked up. He saw the hesitation and he stood up. He put his arms around this man that was about to kill him. He embraced his executioner, planted a kiss on his cheek and said to him, Sir, may this be a token that I forgive you. Church, if you're truly going to love your neighbor, if you're truly going to love your enemy, it starts with forgiveness. And forgiveness is one of those things that hurts. Forgiveness is something that I know I have to give up in order to love someone else. Forgiveness is something that's not natural for us to do. It's easy to become upset with someone. It's easy to become angry. It's easy to become hatred. It's easy to want revenge. That's the easy thing to do. But to step out and say, I forgive you, that's what George did. The man that was about to kill him, he gave this guy a kiss on the cheek and told him, I forgive you. That's true leadership, church. In the military, that's what we look for, leadership. But that's true leadership. I can step out no matter what someone does to me, and I can, I can say, I forgive you. Not the, what you're saying, not, not, not saying that what they did was right, but what you did, what you're about to do, I forgive you. I'm not gonna allow fear, I'm not gonna allow hurt to get in, in between us so that I do not love you. And that's what George Wisehart did. showed the love of Christ. Church, you have to grow the muscle of forgiveness if you want to love because it starts with you. See, it's impossible to love without forgiving, and why Jesus taught his disciples when praying, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. It teaches and shows and demonstrates the power of Christ's love. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that you have to do daily. You have to forgive people mentally. You have to forgive people emotionally that have hurt you. It's something that you have to continue to do so that you can be a light, a light in your work center, a light in the South, a light in the hundredth, a light in Berry, a light, a light in Newmarket, a light on social media. God has called you to be that light, but you have to forgive. You can't stay in that hurt, in that place of despair. Forgiveness starts with you, not the person who wronged you, Not you, the person who has been wronged. Not you, the casualty of life's unfairness. You, the victim of some great hurt. You, the recipient of injustice. It starts with you extending forgiveness regardless of someone else's admission of wrong. Because a lot of times that's where we can get stuck at. I'll forgive as long as you apologize. And we stay stuck in a holding pattern for years, years, decades. People are waiting for someone to apologize, and it's never going to happen. Forgiveness is taking the leap of faith that, you know what, whether you apologize or you don't, I still forgive you. That's what Christ did. That's what George did. He decided that, I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to allow that hurt and that pain to hinder me from love. It starts with you. And Christ defines who our enemy is, those people that oppose us, those people that hurt us, those people that have harmful intentions and clear hostility towards us, and those who literally persecute us. Those are our enemies. But God gives us a solution. He points out what we should do, love them, to bless them, to pray for them, to do good towards them, church. That's what you have to do. And church, even so many times in life is that we look at it from this person did this to me. This person is my enemy. But a lot of times, church, I think that sometimes in life we can be our biggest enemy because nobody can truly control us. We have a choice in the matter. We have a choice in what we're going to think. We have a choice in whether we're going to forgive or whether we're going to love. We have that capacity. I have the capacity to choose to love someone. I have the capacity to choose that if I'm going to forgive someone, if I'm going to be nice to it. I have the capacity to do all that. Church, I want to encourage you today that it starts with you. Forgiveness starts with you. With you. Love starts with you the capacity to choose that, you know what? I'm not going to be my biggest enemy. I'm not going to be in 2021 the biggest hindrance in my life is where I stay stuck in a holding pattern. I'm going to choose love. Church, see, the enemy may trick or influence you, but when the choice has to be made, you have the power to say yes, and you have the power to say no. You have the power to forgive, and you have the power to love. Matthew 18 and 21 says, and I believe that sometimes we find ourselves kind of like what what, what Peter did, right? When someone hurts us, we can get upset and say, God, how many times do I have to forgive this person? And Peter asks the Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my neighbor? Seven times? Because that's something that, okay, Lord, if I have to count it out seven times, I, I, I can do that. And then, the, and then the, Jesus responds back to him 70 times 7. And, and, and although that's a, that's, a, that's a big number, I mean, today's, today's day and age, if you can find something to get offended of every single day. So I, I, I like to do math. And I'll be about in a year and a half, you can find enough things that you can truly be offended at to write somebody off, right? Push them to the side. And their kind of reminds me of a, of a story about this, um, this group, this, this tribe of, of, of people. It was a native tribe in Polynesia who had around in their hut special articles hanging all around their roof, all around the inside. And a visitor came and he said, what are they? And he said, well, these are, these are reminders. And he's like, reminders of what? Reminders of injuries, reminders of experiences, uh, reminders of hurt. When anybody injures us or anybody does something against us, we have a token of that injury so that we remember every time we have been wronged. And none is ever removed until full vengeance is gained. Church, many times, that's the human way where we continue to hold things up in our lives, hold things up in our hearts and our minds. Is, I remember when you did this. I remember the time, the date, everything. And it's amazing how, how in life we can hold on to so much hurt and so much pain when God has called us to be free. The Bible says who the Son has made free is free indeed. But in order to be free, you have to forgive. You have to love. And it doesn't matter how hard and how, how hurtful that you, you, you've been. And, and it, it's not an easy thing to do. But God has called us to love. He has called us to forgive. God's way is losing count in order to forgive. It's the Lord's Prayer and all throughout Scripture. God can only forgive us to the same measure, to the same amount that we forgive other people. I don't know about you, but I need a whole lot of forgiveness in my life. I need God to cleanse me. I can't allow hurt and heartache to get in my life because I know I need his help on a daily basis. And that's why I choose to grow in in my relationship with Christ. And you have to do the same thing. It starts with you. It starts with me. I wish God could just wave a magic wand over the world and just, God, I wish you could help everyone. Can't we just all get along? But it's not. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us choosing love that we're going to get past ourselves and we're going to obey Christ it starts with us church I mean if the church can't get it right we can't really expect the world to get it right really I mean it is it, it, so polarized and so hurtful that even in the church I mean watching YouTube is that as Christians we can't even get along I mean it's sad it's hurtful but it can start with us church it can start with us, the body of Christ, that we can choose love. We can choose that in spite of our differences, I still love. I mean, I've been married for over 20 years, right? Me and my wife are opposites. I mean, we are opposites to, to, to a T, right? And you, and you know, as a, those that have been married for a while, like opposites attract, right? Well, it's true. But then after some years, opposites might get on your nerves, right? (laughs) Amen, somebody. (laughs) But the thing about that is I love in the the relationship and in in the marriage is God helps us grow. God helps us to be selfless. God helps us to get besides ourselves so that we can show and demonstrate love. The Bible says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Whew. You see how Christ loved the church? All he did was give up everything for the church. If that's not a selfless act, my God. And that's what Christ has called husbands to do. I know I'm on a tangent, but God has called each and every single one of us to love. He's called us to that sacrificial love, that sacrificial forgiveness that we all experience in our relationship with Christ. First John chapter 4, verses 20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, God's word, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother church, there are people in your life, people that you, that you see, and you know what? You feel that thing on the, on the inside. It's okay. God just wants you to know that deal with that hurt, deal with that pain, walk in forgiveness, and the solution is, you know what? I'm going to have to pray for them. God, I see them in my life. I know I'm going to have to love them. God, I feel it all over again, but that's okay. God wants us to come into that place not as a place of condemnation, but as a place that, you know what? Okay, I'm going to work this thing out. I'm going to choose love, church. And that's the thing is we can't, we can't find ourselves that, okay, instead of, you know what? I'm going I'm to work this thing out. I'm going to grow in love. I'm going to grow in forgiveness. We can't just stay on the sidelines and say, nah, I don't want this test. Because whether you know it or not, it's going to keep coming back. That person that hurt you might not be the same person, but it's going to be someone that comes along the same lines maybe someone that lies on you again, and you find yourself in the same place. God, I can't believe this person lied on me again. Okay. God still wants you to forgive them. God still wants you to love them. God wants you to still pray for them, bless them, so that you can show the love and attributes of Christ church. Romans twelve fourteen says, and he gives us the solution again, bless those who persecute you. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, verse 20: If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God gives us the solution. God This person hurt me, and God says, my child, pray for them. God, this person stole from me, and God says, forgive them and let him handle it. God, this person has failed me miserably, and he says, pray for them. Be sad with them. Feed them. Give them something to drink. Live at peace with all people. As I get ready to close church, Martin Luther King said, I love everyone because I would rather die than hate someone. He chose love. And you saw, maybe you haven't seen, all you have to do is watch the videos of the things that he suffered, his supporters suffered. I mean, being hit, being punched, being spat on, all those different things. He still chose love. And none of us are suffering that kind of way. And yet we have all this hatred. We have all this anger. There's no excuses, church. It's a simple thing. Choose love, and it starts with you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord God, that our hearts continue to be pricked by your Word. Father, even as as you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Help us on a daily basis to choose love. Help us to walk out of fear, Lord God, and continue to commit ourselves to you, the author, the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.